Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headaches. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. That bell calls class to order, Quiz Kids, and here's your first question. Listen. Tom, Dick, and Harry, we're in the news lately. Do you know where and why? Now, there's a puzzler for you. What can you folks at home do with that question? But we'll soon see how the youngsters here in our classroom handle it. For here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, we're right ready to bring you another tussle with the three R's. And if you're a regular visitor to our weekly school sessions, I'm sure you agree that the way the quiz kids toss them around is nothing short of amazing. Yes, the background of knowledge these youngsters possess is certainly impressive, especially when you consider that they have no idea what questions you listeners have sent in. And now let's see who's here in school this afternoon. Rennie? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 13 years old, and I'm going into ninth grade at U-High. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old and going into eighth grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Joe? I'm Joe Kupperman. I'm 12 years old and in eighth grade in both school. Bobby? I'm five years old, and I'm Jolly Blake with <laughs> And Mike? I'm Michael Moe, and I'm 10 years old, and we'll be in the sixth grade at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. All right, now back to our first question from Mrs. May Vidoffer of Blairsville, Pennsylvania. Tom, Dick, and Harry, we're in the news lately. Do you know where and why? We have four hands up. Lonnie's hand was first. Lonnie? Well, there's been several Tom, Dick, and Harry's in the news. There's Thomas E. Dewey. and Thomas Dewey, that's one. And Harry S. Truman. That's two. And of course, uh... Those two are, of course, nominated for by their respective parties for the presidency. Yes. But about the dick, I'm not so sure. You're not sure about that. Well, let's see now. Do we have any hands left up? No, there's <laughs> hands have all gone down. <laughs> well, we got two of them. We got uh, Tom and Harry. Now, Joe? Well, would the Richard be Richard Evelyn Bird? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong. The third one would be uh, Richard B. Russell, senator from Georgia, who uh, received 263 votes for a Democratic nominee. His uh, uh, name is Richard B. Russell, so his nickname would be uh, Dick. So that would make up the Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, we have to give uh, Mrs. May uh, Vidoffer of Blairsville, Pennsylvania, credit for stumping you on that one, 
quiz kids, and a big Zenith radio phonograph combination, too. Now, this beautiful set, friends, has the new Cobra Tone Arm, automatic record changer, and two FM bands. It's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids miss your question. When they answer correctly, you also receive a radio, a Zenith Transoceanic Standard Shortwave Portable Set in a handy luggage case. Now, either Zenith is a radio you'll be proud to own. So send your questions along, friends. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Well, here we go with more questions. Now, this question from Melvin Todd of Chicago is concerned with strange names in familiar stories. Why were these characters called by these strange names? Now, try and get two out of three. The first one, Mowgli. Mike. Uh, well, Mowgli was uh, named because uh, in Indian, Mowgli means little frog. That's right. And uh, Mother Wolf named him that because uh, he was bare and naked. Not, he didn't have any hair like the wolf. <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. He was named by the mother wolf. All right, now, uh, how about Sir Beaumaine? Mike again. Uh, well, uh, he was in King Arthur by Thomas Mallory, and he was named because he had large and fair hands. And Beaumaine... Uh, uh, and Beaumaine means uh, fair hand. That's right, in French. Uh, so it does. And uh, Flicker. How about Flicker, Mike? Uh, Flicker was named when uh, Gus, the Swedish ranch hand, saw her galloping over the hill and exclaimed, uh, look at that little Flicker. Ken asked, what does Flicker mean? And uh, Gus said it's Swedish for little girl. Little girl. So... And named the colt Flicker. That's right, because the colt was a little girl colt. Yes, sir. Well, you gave me three out of three. Oh, yes, for two out of three. That's very, very good. Mrs. Ella Pierce of Hartford, Michigan, says she wants to stump you quiz kids, and she thinks she has the question that will do it. And I'll tell you, she has really gone all out to make her question difficult. You are to identify a famous composition written for a string quartet, but you will hear it played on the piano. You will hear only eight measures, and those eight measures will be taken from the very last movement. Now listen. Uh, Bobby? That's the Beethoven Quartet Number Four. Beethoven's Quartet Number Four, right! Now then, you will hear a secondary theme of a concerto, and you have to answer by singing the main melody of the same concerto. And to make sure you're right, we'll have Jack Fascinato play the main theme after you sing it. All right, listen to this secondary theme and try to sing the main theme. Bobby? That's right, Bobby. That's very, very good. Uh, tell me, uh, can, can you can you sing the uh, part of the main theme, uh, Bobby? That's what we asked for. <laughs> By golly, that was it. Yes, sir. That was it. 
Jack uh, managed to get that little uh, in there on the end, too, just like Bobby did. Well, that, that, that was fine. That, that was just wonderful. Now then, I wonder if any of you quiz kids have figured the when's it question from the single clue given you at the close of the program last week. Remember, uh, the clue was R-E-V-S-U-S. Uh, Mike? Well, uh, we figured out that the answer was uh, April 9th, 8th. 1865. And that means what? Uh, and that means Robert E. Lee versus Ulysses S. Grant in the Civil War. That's right. Surrender to Lee, or surrender of Lee to Grant on April 9th, 1865. Now look, just for me- uh, good measure, kids, can you tell exactly what day of the week that was, Joel? Well, now let's see. Uh, that would be 90, 99, 164, 180, 184, 148. So, let's see, that one. So the day would be Sunday. Sunday's right. I wish I could do that. Well, now, since we've cleared up the Wednesday question, our next problem is a why is it question from Donna Jerkins of Detroit, Michigan. After you guess the object from the following clues, you have to answer why is it, see? Now, here's the first clue, and you kids can go into a huddle for a minute to discuss your answer. Listen. The letters in mode, M-O-D-E, spell out a clue easy to see. Now, there you are. And uh, while you're working on that, here's Bob Murphy. You know, friends, it's bad enough to get a headache any day, but it can seem worse when you have to try to bear the heat of a midsummer day besides. And if you also load up on cold food and drink... The result may be an acid stomach upset, too. So here's something to remember when you or when someone in your family has a headache or acid indigestion. Fix yourself a glass of sparkling Alka-Seltzer and help yourself to fast welcome relief. See how pleasant Alka-Seltzer is to the taste and how effectively it can give relief from both these common ailments. Alka-Seltzer's pain-relieving analgesic, sodium acetyl salicylate, can make quick work of that headache while its alkalizing properties help neutralize and reduce the excess gastric acidity of acid indigestion. So get yourself a package of Alka-Seltzer the next time you're in a drugstore. Or better yet, make it two packages and always keep an extra package handy. For an extra package on the side keeps the household well supplied. All right, children, now time to come out of your huddle and let's hear your first guest. Uh, who's the spokesman? Lonnie? All right, Lonnie. We don't have any really good guests. We, we'll say the Capitol building at Washington, D.C. No, that's wrong. Well, I'll tell you, we'll have more clues a little bit later on. So here we go with more questions. Now, uh, this question is from John G. Woods of Los Angeles, California. If all the creatures on Earth held a convention and decided to award an orchid to the oldest, what creature would win it? Mike? Uh, well, if the giant tortoise were there... Uh, she would probably get it because at an average, giant tortoises live 150 years. That's right. But if the uh, meeting was just of mammals, the whale would get it because at an average, they live uh, 75 years. That's right. The whale is next to the tortoise. That's very, very good, Mike, my boy. Now, what creature would be capable of traveling the farthest to attend the convention, Mike? Uh, The Arctic tern because it travels over 20,000 miles every year and migrates from the North Pole to the South Pole. It and certainly back. 
It certainly does. It covers a lot of territory, doesn't it, Mike? That's the answer for the second part. Well, say, we're just going along fine here. Now, this question from uh, Burnett Cochran of Chicago is about the big railroad fair here in Chicago, kids, which shows the progress of transportation from the uh, Travoy to the conveyance called Car X. Now, the question is, what is a Travoy and what is Car X? Mike? Well, uh, a Travoy is... Uh... Two, two sticks in the shape of a V that cross over a dog's or horse's back, uh, and about halfway down they have a, they have a carrier or a rack to, uh, tie things on. Well, who used the, uh, Travoy? Uh, the Indians. The Indians, that's right. Now, how about Car X? All right, Mike? Uh, and Car X was, uh, is the, uh, trailer type car, uh, that is that is very round and short but wide. Uh, and the car, right after the engine, has four wheels, and all the other cars except the last uh, car have two wheels. The last car has four wheels. Well, that's that's very good. Now, let's see. Rennie has her hand up, and well, I... All right, well, at the moment, Car X is only an engineering mock-up right now at the fair. The, uh, the whole point of the thing is to... Uh, they can have it. Uh, there are only two wheels on most of the cars, I think, Mark. And the point of it is so that uh, they get a, less of a radius going around curves so they can have it wider and not as high. And it's, uh, I think it's a CNO, isn't it? That's right. Just speaking of Ohio, it's called the Speedliner or the newest model of the railroad car. I wanted to bring uh, that additional information out, if at all possible, and uh, we were fortunate in being successful on that. Now then, uh, here we go with our next question. Mac Frand of Cincinnati, Ohio, says he wants you quiz kids to count up to three. But the way he wants you to do it is to mention an old proverb or saying that contains the word one, then name another that contains the word two, and finally, another that gives us a three. That's the way he wants you to do this. Who would like to start it off? Lonnie? Well, here's one that has two in it. Uh... A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That takes care of number and, two. Uh, I could get one with nine in it. Well, no. <laughs> yes, I could, too. One and three we've got to uh, uh, establish now. Then we're all through this question. One and three. Joel? Uh, I, that uh, thing, I forget, two is uh, something, three is a crowd. Two is company, three is a crowd. <laughs> well... <laughs> That takes care of number three. Of course, we had two before. Now then, how about one? Can you think of an old proverb that has the word one in it? Mike? Killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> two birds with one stone. Well, that's all right. That takes care of one, two, three, right down the line. You know, with the presidential election coming closer and closer, Americans are becoming more and more interested in voting for their favorite candidate. Marie J. Waldner of Freeman, South Dakota, asked, where in continental United States would the quiz kids advise an American citizen to establish his residence if he wanted his vote to count the most? Joel. Well, it'd be in Washington, D.C., because you don't have a vote. No, now, wait a minute. We said if he wanted his vote to count the most. Rennie. Well, that would be in Wyoming, because Wyoming has the, uh, the least... Or is it Wyoming still? I'm not sure. It has the least population. And, uh... 
how the, uh, one vote affects it more. Well, now, wait just a minute. Uh, Rennie, you, you gave me the correct state there, one of the correct states. Uh, we'll right. clear this up a little further. Lonnie has his hand up. Well, Nevada has the fewest people. I know that. Well, Nevada is another state uh, uh, in the same category as Wyoming, of course. Joel? Well, maybe... Well, It'd be uh, New York because it'd count the most because New York has more uh, electoral votes than any other state. No, that's... Uh, wait a minute. Well, that's true, but uh, you're, you're wrong in a certain respect. I'm going uh, Rennie? Well, it would, the reason we count the most probably is because, you see, there are the total of electoral votes. That's the total of representatives in Congress and the Senate. So that, that's a minimum of three, which both Nevada and uh, Wyoming have, one congressman at large and two senators. Uh, so there's l a less population, and I don't know the figures on this, but say in New York, one vote counts a lot less towards three electoral votes than it does in Wyoming. Or New That's New right. Uh, the, uh, the same thing prevails insofar as uh, Wyoming and Nevada are concerned. The same thing prevails in uh, the states of Delaware and uh, Vermont, right along with Nevada uh, and uh, Wyoming. Now then, uh, if he decided he wanted his vote to count the least... Rennie. Well, as Joe said, that'd be Washington, D.C., probably, where you can't vote, or if he wanted to actually uh, get in the voting, that'd be New York. Uh, York in uh, New York State. State. That's the answer. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. And, of course, if he couldn't make up his mind, decided to live where he could not vote at all, it would be in Washington, D.C., or the or, District or of could, uh, Columbia. Or he could go live on an Indian reservation. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right, Rennie. I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah. I say that without reservation, of course. Well, now, here, this uh, next question, Mr. William Miller of <laughs> St. Louis, Missouri, asks a question about the first letter of the alphabet. However, this isn't as easy as it sounds, kids. There are three parts of the body that have the same names as people famous in literature and which begin with A. Can you name two? Rennie. Well, one of them would be your Achilles tendon, which Achilles. is, uh, that's in your leg, of course. That's right, uh, Achilles and, uh, in mythology, and, uh, 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 the, uh, strong tendon formed at the untied tendons of the large muscles in the calf of the leg yeah. inserted into the bone of the heel. All right. Uh, I know, it says right here, see? Okay, Rennie. Uh, and you're, you have an Adam's apple. Adam's apple. You, would you like to explain that? <laughs> well, the Adam's apple, that's the larynx, or the, uh, or the voice box, and your vocal cords are stretched across it, and the uh, uh, sound coming up vibrates through your vocal cords, and it comes out in some sort of noise. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, the famous person... Well, that would be Adam. Adam, that's correct. Uh-huh. Marjorie Robbins of Miami, Florida, points out that a good many battles are described in Shakespeare's historical plays. She wants you to tell what battle or what war you associate with these lines. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Rennie. Well, that is King Richard, isn't it, the uh, third? Richard the third, uh, from the oh. play, Richard the third. So uh, what battle or what war would you associate? Oh I'm, I'm not sure of that. Joe? Well, I can't give the exact name of the battle or the war, but I can do the next best thing. Uh, see, Richard III was king of England at the time, but uh, this was really the end of the War of the Roses. But Henry of Richmond laid claim to the crown, and he came over with a great deal of Frenchmen and uh, a lot of English uh, and a lot of English nobles, and he met uh, Richard III, and he later became Henry the, I think it was seventh. Well, Joel, that's all very well and good. You know, you mentioned, you gave the answer to this in what you were just telling me. 
Do you recall what it was? What war? The War of the Roses. That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> now, these next lines are from another famous passage. See if you can identify the battle. One, once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more, or close the wall up with our English dead. Joe? Well, that was when Henry V invaded England because he thought he was a successor to the... I mean, invaded France because he thought he was successor to the French throne because uh, the Black Prince had uh, some relative that was a relative of the French king. All right, what battle was it? I... Was it Agincourt? That's right, Agincourt. That's correct, the Battle of Agincourt. Mm-hmm. Well, I see it's time for the second clue of our Why Is It question, kids. So listen now, listen to this, and get together for your answer. Remember, you have to guess the object and then tell Why Is It. Here's your second clue. For the object in question, you have only to look in Chapter 14, Number 2 is the book, The Question of Why You Must Supply. There you are. Now, you think about that. In the meantime, while Bob Murphy takes over, you have a minute to consider those clues. Uh, that question you asked a moment ago, Joe, had to do with travel and the progress our modern railroads have made. And it's certainly true, when you travel by train these days, you take the luxuries of home right along with you. Yes, they haven't forgotten one single thing that means convenience and comfort. For example, suppose you have a headache. Well, many of our big modern railroad systems have Alka-Seltzer available naturally. I say naturally because Alka-Seltzer is exactly what most folks want when headache pain causes misery, whether they're at home or away. Yes, they want to take Alka-Seltzer at once because they've discovered that there's nothing quite like it for fast, effective headache relief. And that's absolutely true. Alka-Seltzer is already dissolved when you drink it, so its pain-relieving agent is right ready to go to work on your discomfort, ready to bring you welcome relief. It's little wonder, then, that many of the bigger railroad systems have Alka-Seltzer on hand for the comfort of their passengers. You bet, Alka-Seltzer's what the folks call for when a headache comes along, and if they're tempted to eat more than they should, as is often the case, because dining car food is so good. Well, again, Alka-Seltzer comes to the rescue. It can do that any time when headache pain or an acid stomach upset causes discomfort. Remember that, won't you, friends? And don't forget, when those tablets get down to four... That's the time to buy some more Alka-Seltzer. All right, now, quiz kids, come on, take your seats. Get out of the huddle. And uh, who's going to be the spokesman now? Lonnie again. All right, Lonnie. Mount Sinai. No, that's wrong. You haven't got it yet. But wait a minute. Uh, you get one more clue, and here it is. Little drops of water, little grains of red, should clear up all the doubts of other things I've said. Mike? Uh, it's the Red Sea, isn't it? The Red Sea, that's the answer. Uh, Absolutely. Good to you, Mike. All right, now, now the rest of the, uh, rest uh, of the and, question uh, is, why red, is the Red Sea red? Because, because uh, it, has, re it, it uh, has red algae in it, and that uh, gives the sea a red tinge. That's right, it's sort of a seaweed that grows in it. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll tell you what let's do now. Let's start to clear up the clues, go back uh, uh, the clue number one, the letters in mode, M-O-D-E, spell out a clue, easy to see. Uh, mode spelled backwards is Edom, which means red, see? Now, club, uh, I mean, uh, clue number two, for the object in question, you have only to look 
in chapter 14, number 2 of the book, the question of why you must supply, and of course the question of why you did supply. So that takes care of it very, very nicely. Now then, uh, your uh, assignment for next week, here, here's a doozer, kids. Uh, well, it isn't a doozer, it's a, a whodunit question. <laughs> and listen to your first clue now, very brief. Listen, one fork, two mouths. I have all week to think about that one, <laughs> and I'll call on you next Sunday. One fork, two mouth. All right, here we go with more questions. Now, here is certainly an original idea from Jenny Tent of Chicago. You kids are to imagine that our pianist, Jack Fascinato, is a baseball player. Of course, uh, he goes to bat at the piano, see? And you are to tell how he gets along each time, all right? Now, let's see what's happened to him on his first trip to bat. Jack? <laughs> Lonnie? He gets a base on balls. The Why do you say that? I, I walk alone. That's the name of the song? And That's the right. walk. Yeah, he gets a base on balls. All right, Jack goes to bat again. Lonnie? That's Pop goes the weasel, so he pops out. He pops out, uh-huh. Now then, after this last trip to bat, see if you can give us Jack's batting average for the day. Lonnie? That's home sweet home, but I couldn't give you his batting average because you can get home by having a time at bat, not having a time at bat, or by getting a time at bat and getting a hit. But if, uh, let's assume he got a hit, that would make his batting average 500 for the day. That's right, could But if he didn't get it, if he had a time at bat and didn't get a hit but still scored that last time, his batting average would be 0 And likewise, if he walked... Yeah, well, we're assuming that he used... Uh... Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we had to get him over. We had to bring him home. That's all it was to it. Rennie? Well, I was just going to say on that second one that the uh, pop was a weasel. That, that starts out all around the Cowboys bench. He could have gone all around three times and struck out. Well, that's true, but I think it lends itself more to the pop part of this, don't you? <laughs> now, here's a question from uh, Neil Baker of New Orleans, Louisiana. If you were to empty the pockets of a violin player, what might you find there, assuming, of course, he carried everything he needed to play his violin in his pockets? Bobby? A bridge. You'd find a bridge. All right, you have to have a bridge on a violin. What else would you find now? A mute. A mute? Oh, sure. A violin player has to have a mute. And what else, son? Strings. Yeah, oh, sure, he'd have the strings. And uh, what else? And some. What's that stuff you put on the bowl? The, uh, the... Rotten. The rotten, yeah. That, I was wondering what that was. And can you think of anything else, Bobby, that yeah. he might have in his pocket? Huh? Mike? Tuning keys. A tuning key? Well, uh, how about that, Bobby? Is that... Would he have a tuning key? You don't use a tuning key to tune up violin, huh? Well, all right, Mike. I can't accept that one. Uh, <laughs> Bobby? Well, uh, tuning pegs, I think. Tuning pegs? Yeah. Why don't you check with Bobby? How about that, Bobby? Tuning pegs? Yes, you wind up the strings like pigs. Oh, yeah. That's, yes, uh-huh. That's what you meant, wasn't it, Lonnie? Yeah. That's what I meant, too. Oh, did you? Oh, well, then we're all right. Yeah, we're all right, huh? Lonnie again. Well, no. You, yeah, you carry a, a chin rest. A chin rest, uh-huh. And, well, I, I guess... You don't need a chin rest when you... Because cause that won't break. They wouldn't... The what now? You can't 
this fountain break, see? The chin rest would break in his pocket? No. It wouldn't? Well, he could carry it in his pocket, though, couldn't he? No. Why not? Because it goes under his chin. <laughs> Well, we'll just have to assume that he's trying to put his chin in his pocket. Now, that's all it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> there goes our bell, children. So we've come to the end of another Quiz Kids question session. It's time now for the judges to give us their verdict. I see they're already busy with their pencils, and while we're waiting for their decision, here's an important message about one-a-day brand vitamin. Don't take chances. Are you sure you're getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat? Remember this. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Sixty capsules, two months' supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right now, quiz kids, let's have a look at today's scores and find out who comes back to class next week. But remember, whether you win or lose, your appearance on today's Quiz Kids program has won for each of you a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Now then, here are today's grades. As a class, we missed one question this afternoon. The judges report that Mike was first, Lonnie second, and Rennie and Joel tied for third. So we'll see you four back at your desks uh, next Sunday. And here to compete with you will be a brand new quiz kid named Melvin Miles, who is five years old. Now, between now and then, remember your homework, children. The clue on our whodunit uh, question. One fork, two mouth. And you listeners, see if you can't figure it out, too. And be sure to tune in next Sunday to see if your figuring has been right. Until next weekend at the same time, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Joe Kelly. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week. And listen to Alka Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. (laughs) This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.